Turn that double play. Turn it. Oh. Stop watching. Sorry, they only gave up one run and got an out. Right. We are right now watching the Red Sox and Yankees game. This is Friday night. It's uh, Matt Scravey, Jeff McBrayer, McBee. Podcast Under the Stars. Podcast Under the Stars. We are actually changing the name of our podcast once again. What? Yes, we have to change the name of our podcast once again. So I have found a name that you don't know about yet. Wait, that what's wrong with the name we had? I'll explain to you later. Okay. But it's not anything bad. It's just like a searchability thing. People are going to think maybe it was a Golden State Warriors podcast. So we're going to call this thing the Red and Black Report. I don't like it. Oh, well, too bad. It's submitted. So we got to go with it for at least now. This is going to be a big, big week for the Aztecs because they are coming off uh, a bye week and they are coming into a game that's very important for their season. And I wrote an article today put up on 97.3thefansd.com that said that, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This is the biggest game of their season because if they don't win this game, they have no shot, I think, at the Mountain West Championship for a second year in a row, which is their goal to win another Mountain West title, which would be three in four years. They, yeah, because you said second in a row, they did not win it last year. No, I, I'm saying that they wouldn't be. Oh, oh, for the second year in a row, they would not be playing, yeah, for, they I would got not you. Be playing I got you. for the title. Yeah, I got you. See, I actually disagree with you. I think they can lose this game and still make it because they're not in the same division. So I'm looking. You look at the Aztecs division. Honestly, on the West side, I think they could actually still run the table because I still think they can beat Fresno. I still think they can beat Nevada. I really think they could still win this division. But I get what you're saying because it's hard. If it's hard to beat Boise, plus in turn the way the Mountain West works is obviously the team with the best record gets home field. So this is a big, big game in terms of these two teams could meet again at the end of the season. With the winner, the winner of this game could have home field advantage for the Mountain West championship. Well, uh, last year, Boise State came into SDCCU Stadium, and we've talked about it a couple times on the the newly minted Red and Black Report. We've talked about the fact that the game was over in the first quarter. It was 14 nothing. It was a Christian Chapman fumble. It was a punt return, and that game was over. The Aztecs aren't really built to, to come back, but I think that's maybe changed a little bit. I think that's changed a little bit with who's under center now, which is Ryan Agnew. But the the biggest curiosity that I have going into this game is how they're going to handle not having a one-two punch at running back. We talked about last time we did the podcast that they've always really had that one-two punch. They had Pumphrey and Penny, and then they had Penny and Washington, and then they had Washington and Chase Jasmine. Now it's Chase Jasmine and who? And Jeff Horton, the offensive coordinator of the Aztecs, he – He's going to have to figure out how to use the offense in a way that he's never really done it before. So they don't really have a backup uh, running back that they're going to announce yet. I was at the press conference earlier this week. They asked Rocky, who's your backup running back? He said, you'll know when I know, which is such a Rocky answer. But I think that is the most concerning thing for me heading into this game is not having that running back one-two punch. See, I stand by. I still think it's going to be Kagan Williams, just because I think next man up, and yeah. he is the redshirt freshman. He's been in the system. He was their the highest recruit in the 2016 class. So I, I think that'll probably be the backup. Just me guessing. I have nothing yeah, concrete no, to go off of. Oh, you don't. You're not uh, in the locker room. Well, I mean, I'd like to be. But, <laughs> um, no. So I mean, I, I still think. Kagan, but yeah, I agree with you. But Chase Jasmine, to me, I still love where this team is at even with him as the the lead back i know a lot of people are freaking out saying oh Jawan washington's gone this team is done for they've got they don't have their lead back they don't have the double you know the two-headed monster but i disagreed because again if you break it down chase jasmine actually averages more yards per carry he just hasn't had the carries to really get the same amount of yardage now that he's going to be getting those carries look out i think this guy could be 
could be a, a thousand yard back. I mean, he's obviously on pace for it right now, especially getting more carries now. And I mean, to me, the biggest question coming into this game, though, is really going to be more on the defensive side, which really? I know the Rocky Long teams are such good defensively. That's his his baby. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this Boise State team puts up so many points and so many yards. That's they, more where I'm looking at the question mark coming into this game. I believe they average, uh, if I'm right, Rocky Long said in the press conference that Boise State averages over 40, 40 points a game, which 43.3. is 43.3. 43.3 points a game. Now, one thing that the Aztecs defense does really well is stop the run. They're second in the country for rushing yards allowed, which is, I think, 64 and a half rushing yards allowed. So that's pretty insane. And on the other side, I believe the Broncos are like the 68th in the country, maybe, with like a, around, what, like 168, 170? Yeah, 176 is what they, they rush for per game, but they throw for 362 yards, 538 yards per game. Well, Brett Rippon is the the the, yeah. the nephew of Mark Rippin yeah. who played in the NFL or what do you call him Rippian or was that someone else R- I called him Rippin Rippin okay then that was someone else <laughs> I, I I'm getting it mixed up but this offense it has probably the best quarterback they've seen since um is it Kellen Moore who played for the Dallas Cowboys who was like kind of that left-handed quarterback who's now the be- the quarterback coach actually for the Dallas Cowboys okay, yeah he's yeah. on the coaching so staff now this is probably the best quarterback that the Aztecs are going to see at Boise State. Yeah, I mean, Rippin's definitely the best quarterback that Boise's had in a while since Kellen Moore left. Uh, but the reason that this is a concern to me, though, 272 yards passing is what the Aztecs have been giving up. And we've been talking about their weakness all season. For whatever reason, as good as this defense is, they, like you said, they're one of the best run defenses in the country. They've been giving up big passes. It's been, really been big receivers that have been killing them. And that's where I think, at least in terms of playing Boise State, where Boise State does throw for a lot, I was looking at the receiving core. Their top three receivers, 5'11", Six foot and six two, so only one decent sized receiver in there. But you don't have a six four, six five receiver, you know, like you saw in Nikhil Harry and JJ or Sega Whiteside. You have some of these smaller wide receivers, so that's why I think John Hightower of Boise State is the guy you really got to keep on. He's third on the team in receptions, but being six two, he is that bigger receiver. Where the five eleven, six foot guys, they really haven't killed the Aztecs this season. All right, I've been scrolling through Twitter for days trying to find this quote because I was at the press conference. I tweeted it out. Rocky Long said, they're, quote, they're averaging over 40 points a game and over 500 yards of offense. They are explosive. We need to keep their offense off the field. Rocky Long on Boise State quarterback Brett Rippon, he's smart. He's an accurate passer. He's by far the best quarterback we have played this year. Rocky Long knows what he's getting into here. He knows that his team has a difficult challenge ahead of them. But they're also, I think, what what bodes well for the Aztecs is they're coming off of a bye week, which is awesome because they're not they're going to be okay outside of Jawan Washington health wise. They're getting Noble Hall back. They're getting Tim Wilson back. So they've had two weeks to prepare for this, and a two weeks for Rocky Long is a long time. No pun intended. Hey <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. I think we we talked about it before. I don't think your bye week could have happened at a better time in the season. I think they scheduled this, right? Or how does that work in college? I'm not really sure how the bye... I think they schedule the buys. I'm not 100% sure because obviously you've got to work with other team schedules as well. Yeah, you've yeah. got to see who has buys here and there. So I'm not 100% sure how the buys fall. Yeah. Um, but in terms of when this buy fell, it could, with the injury...
injury to where you had two weeks to you know get other running backs uh, reps in practice to preparing for Boise State. You just ended non-conference. It's a great transition from non-conference into conference. You could not have picked a better time to have your bye week, but having two weeks to get ready for Boise, especially with no Jawan Washington, you got to think Rocky Long's probably going to put in a couple trick plays in there, try to really? fold him a little bit. Well, and in terms of he's not even releasing who his second running back is, and so different backs, different styles. We talked about Kagan Williams is kind of more, yeah. you know, more of a power back a little bit more, where Bird is more of a of an agile back, more kind of built like the Pumphrey um, type and the Washington type. So not revealing who the backup running back is is kind of a mind game he gets to play oh, for definitely. two weeks too. And then of course Boise had to play Wyoming, which is no easy task last week. So when you put all that in, it works well for the Aztecs when this game fell and when their bye week fell. Yeah, and you got to think about too one of the better things, I guess, if you could look on the bright side of a Jawan Washington injury is that it happened early in the year. We said that last time, but we also it also happened before the bye week where they're getting a free week of, of healing time for him, especially with the collarbone. Those things can heal up fast. I mean, Rocky said when they first when the first happened, he said it's going to be a six-week injury, but Jawan said he's a very quick healer, so he might be back before that. Who knows? And so getting, getting lucky with the bye week and the Jawan Washington injury – it just takes one less chance uh, away from the Aztecs losing a game because they don't have Jawan Washington. So I'm really curious to see how Chase Jasmine does. I'm really curious to see how the offensive line does it. But mostly, like I said, I'm I'm very curious about how Jeff Horton calls this game. We haven't even mentioned that Ryan Agnew – well, I guess we did a little bit. But Ryan Agnew is someone that Boise State, Boise State has never seen before. They don't know how quick he is. They can see it on tape, but they don't actually know football game speed. And so I, I see him running a lot tomorrow. Tomorrow, I see him running a ton just because Boise State's not going to realize what, what he's got in, in his legs and his wheels. Yeah, I, I agree. I think having two weeks to prepare and instead of you know just having week to week to week throwing your backup quarterback in there, I think having two weeks to prepare for this game, kind of get him more familiar with the offense, get him more re- familiar with the reps as a starter in practice I think will help a ton. And I agree with you. I think you got to get him on the outside. you got to use his legs because that's the one thing that he has that really Chapman didn't have is he's more athletic. Oh yeah, He can get outside. They saw Chapman a year ago. They were able to put pressure on him, force him to make decisions. And you saw the fumble early on in that game which really was the the play that turned it and yes Aztecs never really recovered and were able yeah. to get back in it because that's how you beat the Aztecs you get them in a hole early force oh, yeah. them to throw but Agnew has an arm that Chapman I think doesn't have and that's not to take yeah. anything away from Chapman yeah. Agnew we have talked about is a better athlete I think the better passer just not the the best decision maker like Chapman is but I agree with you having two weeks to prepare I think they're going to come out with a lot of quarterback runs get him on the outside give him that option to take off or to throw downfield and then roll a man you know across the field to where he can find the tight end find a guy in the slot and I've said it a couple times, I think that if Ryan Agnew protects the ball, he keeps his job. So I, I if he starts turning over the ball in this game, it's going to be over real quick. They're, Boise is too good. They're going to make you pay every time you turn over the ball. You're not going to get away with it. And I, I, I really we haven't really seen Ryan Agnew throw the ball too much. He, he had a, a touchdown pass. That against uh, why am I blanking on Eastern Michigan into the corner right before the half I believe or were we talking about the same one yep and that was a great touchdown pass but really I haven't seen much from his arm we know that it's there we know that he has he actually has an arm yeah he, he's not just a one arm <laughs> quarterback but we know that he's there I, I just I think that every part of his game are, is going to be tested this weekend 
I agree. And because Bo- I mean, we're talking about Boise's offense. That's what everyone talks about coming into this game. But Boise doesn't have a bad defense either. I mean, they only give up. 322 yards per game, that's actually less than the Aztecs who give up 337. So it's not like this defense is a bad defense. It's just the Aztecs blow you away when you look at 64 yards given up on the ground only compared to 125 that Boise gives up. But Boise is a better pass defense. So I think, and you got to consider, they've played some tough competition. They went to Stillwater, played Oklahoma State, who throws the ball a lot and still are able to have those kind of numbers. So, I mean, they're a good defense too. I, it's going to be interesting to see how the Aztecs slow down the offense, but how they move on that defense as well. Because Agnew is going to have to take care, of, like you said, take care of the ball. And I think that's going to be a huge thing. Is you can't just run Jasmine all day every no, day. He's going to get tired. Yeah, you're going to have to use Agnew's arm. You're going to have to use his legs, and it's making the smart decisions. You've got to have Chapman's brain with Agnew's legs yes. and arm. And if that's you can combine point. the two, then you've got a great quarterback, and you've got a way that you can be Boise State. We need a Ryan Chapman out there. A Ryan Chapman. <laughs> Rocky also said in his press conference because Boise is at altitude it is the mountain west so you're going to come across these teams that are up in the air a little bit in the middle of the country in the mountains but he also said it's not a big deal the, the altitude is not a big deal for them just because it's going to be on national tv ESPN2 this game is actually here, here there's a couple aspects to this thing the game is going to be played in the middle of the day which the Aztecs are not used to they're not used to playing in the daylight which I think it's not going to really affect them too much but it, it is a little weird See, that was a, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a huge point I was thinking. Is You look at their schedule. They play so many 7.30 p.m. Yes. games. So many late games that the rest of the country don't even see because of how late they kick off. Yeah. Where this one, they finally get a chance nationally televi- televised on a Saturday afternoon. I, I hate to say it, I almost think it more benefits Boise because Boise does travel and play teams more in the central part and the eastern part of the country where the Aztecs more stay on the West Coast playing the Arizona States and the Stanfords in their non-conference where, you know, we see Boise State travel to like Stillwater. We've seen them go to North Carolina. Carolina before we see them travel more so I think it almost more benefits Boise State but that's a good point that they play in the afternoon because I think that could be a factor in this game just because the fact you're not used to it as an Aztec well here I'll tell you why well the the altitude won't affect I'm gonna finish I agree with that the altitude won't affect just because it's a it's a nationally televised game and Rocky says there's lots of TV timeouts. He said, you got to get your commercials in. So yep. there's lots of rest. Yep. So that's not a worry for him. What is a worry for him is that his players aren't used to playing that early in the day. He yep. said that a lot of guys are still sleeping at 1.30 on game day because of just the way that it all is. Because so they got late nights. They got Yeah, they got late nights and all that stuff. I mean, they're up until midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. or whatever. So them traveling, they've traveled today. They're, they're there now. But and I, I believe Idaho is one hour ahead. It's it's mountain time, so it's not too much of a difference. But it will be weird playing in the day, uh, in the daylight, and not to mention there are going to be a lot of eyes on them. So if you're an Aztec and you want to get noticed today or tomorrow, is going to be the day for them to get noticed because people are going to be watching this game. I know that it's on ESPN too, but a lot of people watch ESPN too, and a lot of people like the brand of Boise State football. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that you add in Boise as a ranked team right now, I think works to their advantage uh, or to the Aztecs' advantage of getting those those eyes on them. Mm-hmm. For the Aztecs, this is a huge game because when you talk about trying to go to a New Year's Six, we've talked about they're going to have to run the table. Yeah. Obviously, you got to pray something happens to Central Florida because they look good right now. But and Do but, not. <laughs> but, starts with Central Florida. I know how you feel about Central Florida. But I'm just saying in terms of getting voters to see you because the Aztecs do play those late games. And we talked about the East Coast is usually asleep by the time those games even kick off a lot yeah, of times. Yeah. This is your chance. This could be your one chance where the nation actually gets to see you. You're seeing a team that 
everybody knows Boise State is the team most people compare to in non, the non-Power 5 because Boise's been there. They've done it. This is your chance to make a national statement, not just a Mountain West statement. That's a good point. National statement. I like the ring to that. that that's something because the, the Aztecs are now a national team. People know who San Diego State is. I mean, Jawan Washington broke his collarbone, and we're having the updates here because we work for 97.3 The Fan in San Diego. We're the home of the Padres, but we have CBS Sports updates at the top of every hour, and when Jawan Washington hurt himself, we were all stunned because the guy reported as the lead story, Jawan Washington breaks his collarbone, which stunned us because we had never even heard a Mountain West thing, let alone a Jawan Washington lead story. Which I love that it shows the respect that SDSU is getting nationwide now. That's true. When you look at the non-Power 5, I really think Boise is still at the top just because of what they've done and the longevity they've done it. But when you go right underneath that, that's where you're starting to see Central Florida, San Diego State. I would even throw a little bit of South Florida in there. Some of those teams you're starting to see consistently be there. And the Aztecs are definitely right there at that top notch, right under Boise in terms of non-Power 5 and the consistency in which they win and the program that they have. There was actually an article, I don't know if you saw this the other day, that was... Uh, I'm trying to think of how it was worded. It was coaches for the best bargain. It was something like that. Mm. It was in Rocky Long because he only oh, makes yeah. something like 800000 but the way that he wins, he's one of the best bargain-priced coaches in the country because of what he can do. Well, San Diego State keeps popping up with these crazy facts. Like I saw something the other day. The combined winning percentage or wins between the basketball team and the uh, football team is second in all of college Sports. I can't remember who's number one, but the co- combined winning percentage of the two teams in the last few years puts them at second in college sports. And thinking about that, you got to think where this program was 15 years ago. I mean, we weren't here 15 years ago. We weren't really paying attention to San Diego State 15 years ago because of why? Because no one really cared about San Diego State 15 years ago. And now people care about San Diego State. It's a brand. And um, I think that these games are so important for the Aztecs recruiting. These games are so important for what they're going to do for the rest of the year. Now, the last thing that uh, I want to bring up about playing in Boise is the blue turf. Yes. And I did a little research today on the blue turf, and uh, I found a, quite a few pictures of birds that think it's a pond. And so they, <laughs> they, they land on the field. I could see that. And, and so the birds are just landing on the field. There's this one picture of a bunch of geese on the blue turf, and they kind of they kind of like settle down, you know, with their legs underneath them like they're swimming or something. Aren't they supposed to travel south? Because yeah, Idaho's I, still very cold. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it's really kind of funny how the, the geese think that the, the, the blue field is a lake. But – the real thing that I want to talk about is that Rocky, for the longest time, thought that the blue field was a distraction because it's kind of weird playing on a different color field. Well, he said he's talked to hundreds of players now, and he finally, finally has a definitive answer on whether or not the blue field affects the team. Okay. He says he was wrong. He it's- says he was wrong. The blue field does not affect the team whatsoever. He said after talking to all those players, they say it's just another football game when things start. It's kind of a novelty when you're warming up and everything, but once you start, you don't see blue. You just see – well, you see blue uniforms. You don't see blue field. I feel like it's kind of more like a selling point, kind of like the, the oh, Oregon yeah. jerseys because Nike's in the same town as Eugene. I feel yeah. like it's kind of like, hey, come play on the blue turf because it's something different and it's unique. Yeah, I can't remember which team it was. I think there's a team in, in uh, Illinois maybe who has a red field. They have a yeah, red field, which yeah, is and, really I, that is distracting. It's not a Division One team, but I know who you're. I know what you're talking about. It's the, a red field, which is really, really, really strange. So, what did we pick when we when we set out in the beginning of the year? We we picked each game. 
What was our results? And, and fill us in on where we are in our predictions so far. So right now we have all both projected perfectly throughout the season. The first Whoa. four games we have we perfectly projected both. The, uh, and, and I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you real quick because we we're going to have a mulligan. And I almost used my mulligan on the Arizona State game because I said the Aztecs were going to uh, lose. You did, and I almost used my mulligan, but I didn't. Yes, yeah, so and I said the other game might be this game, but I'm going to keep my mulligan. Are you now? Okay, yeah, because we projected that they would lose to Stanford. We were yes. right, unfortunately. And then we had them winning against Sacramento State. Both of us called the upset against Arizona State. That was before we saw Arizona yeah. State. Yeah. We stuck with it. Neither we one did. of us switched. Which is kind of crazy because they came in hot as can be. They did right after that win against Michigan State. But we stuck with it. We projected the upset. Both of us did. And we both projected them. We both had them actually beating Eastern Michigan handily. A little wrong on that, but we did project the win. And then for this game, you actually have them beating Boise 21-20. Mm-hmm. And I'm the downer and have them going into Boise losing 24-20. to Are you going to use your mulligan? <sighs> I've thought about this. I know you have. Because I'm between this game and another game. Because And I, I looked this up. Rocky Long is 2-3 and three against Boise State in his mm-hmm. time at the Aztecs. Ooh, that is not good. He has not beaten Boise State. Since November 23rd of 2013. And the last time they did it, it was a 34-31 to double overtime win here. I was actually at that game. Okay. They lost last year 31-14 to to Boise State. Not even that close. This team, I do think, is better. Surprisingly, I know they lost Rashad Penny. I do think this team is better than last year's team. Interesting. I, I like what Agnew brings to the team. I think they've got a more athletic quarterback. But I'm still sticking with it because it's in Boise. If this game was here... I would take the Aztecs, but I gotta go with the home team. You gotta find him on uh, Twitter at Jeff McBee hates SDSU <laughs> slash I hate. It's not that I hate them, but here's the thing: I have them running the table the rest of the season. I know, I know, uh, and I saw them go to the Mountain West Championship. I'm really, I don't know what I was thinking when I predicted 21-20 because this is probably gonna be a higher scoring game than that. If anything, it's probably gonna be like a 34-31 type deal. Um, See, I I disagree. I think the defense is because we talk about these defenses and how comparable they are. Yeah, I actually I think right where we're at is about right. All right, I, I do think it'll be somewhere in the. It could be a little bit of the higher twenties of twenty eight, okay, twenty four, twenty eight, twenty seven. But right. I agree. I, I think it'll be somewhere in the twenties. All right. Well, that's what we have for the Aztecs this week. Now let's move on to McBee's college football for the weekend. What are you paying attention to? Well, first, wait. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Is Scott Frost won yet? No. Yes! He is not. Who would have thought UCLA and Nebraska would be winless at this point in the season? Not me, but I'm happy about it. Before we get into this real quick, just to keep it more local, UCLA, we talked about this on the Dan Cilio show this morning, uh, and we did it last week as well. I don't think UCLA, and I will go out on a limb, not even that big of a limb, and say this, UCLA will not win a single game this season. That's really crazy. 0-12. And And did you know they have not had a winless season? They've only had... Three winless seasons. Two of them were in the 1920s when they were 0 and five. They only played five games, so I'm not going to count those. Oh my god! Really? But their last win, the only other winless season in UCLA history, 1977. They went 0 and 11. I'm projecting this year will be the second. 0 and 12. All right, let's unpack that a little bit. (laughs) All right. So no, but no. Where were they predicted before the year? Were they predicted to be like a 500 team? Were they predicted to be a good team? I mean, you knew they were. Obviously, Chip Kelly didn't get his players in to run his system. He's playing with Jim Morris players. But I think coming in, a lot of us thought, you know, they were at least going to be a 5-17, and maybe a 6-6 and team, because it's UCLA. They still have athletes. They still have some talent there. I don't think we realize how little of talent and how – I mean, they are the fourth youngest team in the country. 
um, which makes it more surprising that they lost to Cincinnati because Cincinnati's the third youngest in the country. But they, yeah, they're the fourth youngest team in the country. You got to give them some years. Get Chip Kelly's players in there. He's playing with someone else's players. But I still thought they'd be a five or six win team. I never thought I would see this. But I'm looking at the schedule, and you still got Washington. Well, you still got playing this week, right? Uh, yes, is it Washington this week? Yeah. yeah, at home. But, and then you still got USC. You still got Stanford, Arizona. Potentially, they could beat. They still got Arizona State, though. They, got Oregon. they still got Utah. They got Oregon. I mean, you look at that. Who are they going to beat? Arizona is starting to figure some things out. What Utah is still figuring some things out. Cal, but Cal was just ranked. Cal lost True. to Oregon. True. So, I mean, Oregon's a good team. You you make a good point. I didn't realize it was that close to being winless. I mean, you look at people, that schedule. A lot of people say that uh, Jim Mora Jr. was the one who ran this program into the ground. He did. He did. And it's, you got to give Chip Kelly some time. But I just, I did, I really thought they were still going to get some wins. And Dan even said on our show, oh, they're going to be 2 and 10. And I pulled up the schedule and looked at it. I don't see two wins on it. No, I really okay, don't. Okay, here's the schedule. They play Washington tomorrow at home, number 10, Washington. Then they play at Cal, home to Arizona, home to Utah, at Oregon, at ASU, home to USC, home to Stanford. That's Can you, pretty tough. I can't no. see him beating any of them. I guess, I like think you said, Arizona might be the only one. I think they'll upset somebody somewhere, potentially. Probably. probably. But I, I'm projecting 0-12, though. That's crazy. All right, uh, so real quick, I just want to recap because, you know, obviously last Saturday, yes. huge Saturday, and we didn't have a recap this week because oh, yeah, of the bye yeah. week, Please and I do. had some things going on in the week. Um but so big games last week, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence went down. Ooh, yeah. Remember I, that? And I was thinking they were going to pull out, Syracuse was going to pull off the upset, but Clemson was able to hold on score in the final couple minutes and won 27-23. By the way, we entered last week with 21 undefeateds, lost seven of them last Ooh. week, down to 14 going into this weekend. And how how did that whole thing play out with Trevor Lawrence? Is he okay? So yeah, Trevor Lawrence, they said he was in uh, concussion protocol. All signs have pointed he's clear. We'll be ready to go for the next game. Should be able to go. But I, it was just interesting with the whole Kelly Bryant saying he was transferring, was not yeah. at the game, yeah. could have come in yeah. and finished that game but wasn't there. But then it came out during the game he was still enrolled in school. We didn't know the severity of Trevor Lawrence at the time, if it was a season-ending thing or what. We well, found it looked out like he broke his neck. So. It, it really did. They, they, I was reading tweets that said, oh my gosh, I think he's paralyzed. <laughs> he ran head first and the defender just nailed him. Wasn't targeting or anything. It was just a bad... Bad looking tackle, Angle, but yeah, yeah but he, he he they said he should be fine to go. Uh, Kelly Bryant still expected to transfer, but he still isn't at, rolled at the school, so he could have could have joined the team on Monday had he wanted to. That's crazy. Um, the big game last week, of course, get, probably the game of the year so far. Ohio State, Penn State lived up to the hype. Penn State led throughout. I thought they had it. Ohio State scored in the closing minutes, won this thing twenty seven to twenty six. Fantastic game with that wideout, one hundred ten thousand there. Think about that. That is a Big time win for Urban Meyer. Going into Happy Valley and winning while being down for a come from behind win with when we know a bunch of Penn State guys. We do. I've been to that stadium. No visiting t- uh, fans are allowed in that stadium. It's Penn State or nothing. And so that is a very impressive win. Well, and then when you add in the fact, you look at the rest of their schedule, I mean, you got to think they're they're almost a lock for the playoffs at this point. I don't know if anyone else can beat them on yeah. that schedule. Maybe Michigan just because of the rivalry yeah. factor, but Ohio State's got way more talent. 
Um, Notre Dame ended up handling Stanford 38-17. I was shocked by that. I thought Stanford was going to be able to go into South yeah, Bend. Yeah, me too. I think tra- you even mentioned it last week, traveling across the country, playing the emotional game against Oregon. I think it may have been too much for Stanford. Stanford has a tough schedule. So Bryce Love has been awful. Well, and, not yeah, awful, but I he, don't know what happened. He even left the game, so he got hurt and left the game. I don't know what's happened to Bryce Love this year. He, he's hurt his NFL stock. I think he should have gone. I agree with you. He should have gone after last year. Or Sega Whiteside is the star of that team right now to oh, me. Yeah. Um, other game, Washington. Not KJ Costello? <laughs> Costello? I just want to say I like name. Costello. Costello's a good quarterback. I think yeah. he doesn't get the value because of the people around gotcha. him. Uh, Washington blew out by BYU 35-7. West Virginia almost blew their lead. And Lubbock, they ended up holding on 42-34. That was, a game, that was a game I paid attention to because you told me this is going to be a, a statement game for Will Greer and the West, yep. West Virginia Mountaineers. And the West Virginia Mountaineers came out on top. So they're a pretty good team, right? One of, yeah, if you watch that first half, I mean, he was lighting up that Texas tech defense second half who would have thought tech knew how to play defense at all they held them to only seven yeah. points in the second half but it was enough for west virginia to hold on but yeah will greer came out firing west virginia looks like a real deal keep an eye on them if you follow the big 12 at all west virginia ou look like they're on a collision course right now mm. um, and then the only other b- big game last week that i wanted to recap between ranked opponents oregon we talked about it oregon went into cal and beat them 42 to 24 um, so big games this week to keep an eye on. I'll start with the Mountain West just to keep it a little more local before okay. I get into the big national games. Wyoming travels to Hawaii to take them on. Hawaii right now 5-1, and 2-0. You know I love me some Cole McDonald. I, I, I was just about to say, how's Old McDonald doing? I will not be shocked if Cole McDonald – I mean, I'm sure it'll probably end up being Brett Rippon, but I would not be shocked if Cole McDonald ends up being the Offensive Player of the Year in this conference. Wow. He is putting up some major numbers. He is. Um, Colorado State plays at San Jose State. Expect Colorado State to win that That's one. a big one? Well, no, I'm just going through the Mountain oh, West. Oh, okay. I was uh, these say. are just conference games. Because yeah. Colorado State came in pretty heavily. Not, they, coming into the year, they weren't like they were. They were kind of predicted as someone who's going to contend for a Mountain West title, but they've been kind of awful. Yeah, they have that. They lost to Hawaii. They lost to Colorado. I thought they were going to play. They got the win over Arkansas. We didn't realize how bad Arkansas was yet. And then they lost to Florida. So they started off one and three. They're starting to kind of get their feeding their feet back under them now a little bit. I think getting into conference play will help them again. Uh, but San Jose State's always a good one because San yeah. Jose State's been at the bottom for quite a while. Big one to keep an eye on, though, especially in terms for the Aztec fans, Fresno State at Nevada this weekend mm. because whoever wins that game should be your toughest competition in the West if you want to get to the Mountain West Championship. So keep an eye on that one. And then well, New Mexico well, well, at UNLV. Quick, Rocky Long said about Nevada, he said, keep an eye on those guys. Yeah, Nevada, Nevada's sneaky, especially if you got to play them in Reno. Yeah, they are sneaky good. They have that uh, quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Or I'm sorry, no, that, that, that was like, <laughs> they used to have Colin Kaepernick. That was like ten years ago. Um, so big games this weekend to keep an eye on. You know this one's d- near and dear to my heart. Where College Game Day is this weekend, the Red River rivalry, the best. I I have no problem saying this, the best college football environment. If you've never been to it, OU versus Texas this weekend, number seven versus number nineteen. Let me get you your your take on a story real quick. Okay, I'm sure you've seen this, the Mike Leach thing from 1999. I, I saw this where he he was the offensive coordinator of the Oklahoma yes. Sooners under Bob Stoops, and he planted a fake play sheet on the field, Texas. Coaches found it, decided that they were going to follow that play sheet. In the first quarter, Oklahoma was like running the doors off of them. They realized that it was a fake play sheet. I think that's a pretty cool story. I think it's pretty funny. I love it. Yeah, because at that point, that was Bob Stoops' first year in Oklahoma. They ended up going 6-5 and five that year. 
But Leach decided he won. He said it was him and Kel Gundy, the running backs coach at the time, mm-hmm. still is actually at OU. And they were talking about putting a fake play sheet. And it was just kind of two coaches, you know, chit chat yeah. and joking. But Leach, being the crazy mad scientist that he yes. is, took it to heart and said he had to actually come up with an entire lingo and make it actually look like a legit play sheet instead of just being like, run the ball right, run the ball left. He had to come up with actual names and fake names for this play sheet. And then had his tight end, Trent Smith, at the time, drop it on the field. It's really funny. The coaches found it because Texas, I think, was ranked like fifth in the country. Yeah, OU was still coming back and were unranked at that time. And Texas was like a 17-point favorite or something like that. OU got out to a 17-0 lead. That's hilarious. Because they threw off the coordinator so much, but Texas did end up still winning the game well, in the end. good but. for Mike Leach. I mean, that, <laughs> that is really a good idea. And the fact that he owns it. That's my yeah. favorite part. It's not even the fact that it happened. It's he owns yeah. that he did it. Um, but yeah, great uh, great game there to watch. Keep an eye on. Other big game, Clemson going at Wake Forest. We're not 100% sure Trevor Lawrence's uh, game. We don't know what kind of condition he's in, how much he's going to play, if he's even ready to go. They said he's clear, but just something to keep an eye on. And Wake Forest is sneaky good, and when going into Salem isn't an easy place to win. Another fun one, LSU at Florida. Always mm. fun to see uh, SEC games, especially when you get LSU going into the Swamp. Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. Keep an eye on this one. I have been waiting for Notre Dame to get upset. I've been calling it for weeks. I think this is the one. Blacksburg, I think Virginia Tech gets Notre Dame, and Notre Dame, I think, falls from the unbeaten. Well, no, Virginia Tech lost Old Dominion. I still think Virginia Tech. I really do. Okay. I'll be watching that. Watching Blacksburg, Virginia Tech gets Notre Dame. I'm predicting it will happen this weekend. And then here's the the, uh, one to keep an eye on because I don't – this team is shocking me. Kentucky. How many times have we ever mentioned Kentucky and football in the same sentence? Because it's always Kentucky and basketball. Yeah, Kentucky is one of those 14 unbeatens. They're 13th ranked in the country, but they do travel to College Station this week. Texas A&M, one of the toughest places in the country to play when you get all those military people that sway. That stadium actually sways. My, I've had friends. My brother's been in there. They say you can feel the stadium actually move. So keep an eye on that. I think A&M will knock off Kentucky. So I'm predicting Notre Dame, Kentucky both go down this weekend. Wow. The stadium actually moves. When you get 90,000 Marines in the same stadium and they start swaying and they do not sit down and it is loud, that is intimidation. I would agree with you. That is intimidation. That is pretty good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Mr. McBee, for breaking down all the college football games. I'm going to be watching intently on that Red River shootout because I know someone who – is not no you fan that is a massive texas guy oh he he's not my friend then <laughs> he's yeah of course he's <laughs> he's, he's an I mean, enemy yeah i mean you might as well just throw a fake play sheet down for him and he'll probably pick it up there you go texas longhorn people are idiots apparently now you do have to get up early though it's a 9 a.m kickoff okay i will not be doing that so <laughs> we will be checking the highlights of the game no I, i'm up pretty early but that's it for this week. We're going to have to hopefully on uh, next week, early next week, hopefully we're talking about a uh, Aztecs win over Boise State because I think this propels them to the Mountain West Championship if they win this game. Yeah, I mean, you look you look the way the schedule sets up after this game. I mean, I'm not saying it's smooth sailing because conference games are always hard, but it definitely opens up after Boise because Boise is obviously the top dog in the conference. All right. Like I said, we'll talk to you next week. The Red and Black Report is out.